Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. I absolutely love this because, you know, if you own a home, it can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is answer that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish. Or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps, because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hey, friendo, Steve here. And Lars. And welcome back to Going In Raw Countout. This week we're talking AEW. So, some positive signs for the company this past week's episode of Dynamite hit over a million viewers, the highest watched episode of 2023. But that's kind of the outlier. We want AEW to be a healthy, happy company hiring wrestlers in perpetuity. And so, paid them good money too. Yeah. And so given that they have had some woes as of recently with their creative and and whatnot, Mm -hmm. uh, we thought we'd come around being a couple of old wizened minds. We want to be AEW's brain trust and help them. Be the brain trust, yes. (laughs) And help them weather these hard times uh, by giving them 10 ways that they could be fixed. Yeah. 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 So start with number 10. Anything to add to the intro? No, that was good. That was a good intro, right? That was fine. I got nothing to add. I'm 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 chomping at the bit to get into this. I have I get this I'm bursting with ideas practically. You're chomping at the bit to get back to your Fritos. Yeah. <laughs> it's only a little bit left. <laughs> oh, you got a little kids bowl. That's great. I know. I have to control my serving size when I have Fritos. Otherwise, I eat the whole I eat the whole bag. So I have to get the the kids bowl, put a little bit in there control myself hey the bag is the serving size that's what no, I, that's I'm the powerless Frito to I live by. the allure of fritos yeah so am i that's why i don't number, number 11 on this 10. list number 11 on this list fritos <laughs> yeah there you go that'll fix everything let's move on to number 10 then 10 elevate new talent 
to the main event. So, Larson, you wrote this one down. Yeah. What, what's on your mind? What's, so, what's going on? You here? know, you look at AEW's track record of elevating talent to the main event, people who weren't prior main eventers elsewhere. Um, and I think right now uh, in the men's division, you got two uh, examples that are kind of on opposite ends of the spectrum. You got Ricky Starks, who is obvious, you know, that they're trying to elevate to the next level. He's been in a, a protracted feud with Chris Jericho, that's, which has a story that's pretty much been told in reverse. Um, but you can tell the intention is there to get Ricky Starks to the main event level or upper mid-card. Um, opposite of that, you have someone like Wardlow, who they're really trying to get up to the main event. I mean, his circumstances, unfortunately, kind of uh, derailed his push, you know, with the, the MJF stuff around double or nothing, that match, which really should have been a huge moment for Wardlow and ended up kind of not being because it was so cookie cutter. Yeah. And after that, they completely dropped the ball yeah. in terms of reestablishing any sort of momentum for Wardlow. So it's not the best track record. I mean, MJF is probably the, the, the greatest success story they've had in terms of, of bringing somebody in who wasn't really necessarily well-known to maybe a, a good portion of their fan base and elevating him to the main event. In the women's division, you got Jade Cargill, obviously. Mm-hmm. And then the acclaimed in the tag and division. And the acclaimed in the yeah. tag division. But as, you know, like Ricky, they're doing an all right job with because I think the fan base really, really likes him. Yeah, right. Um, but from a creative standpoint, he's he's pretty much transcended kind of meh creative to get mm-hmm. himself to this point. Mm-hmm. Because really, the, the him beating Jericho should be the culmination of this story and feud, not the start of it. Yeah. Um, and so it's really his skills, his talent, his charisma that's helped him rise above kind of so-so creative, whereas Wardlow, I mean, it's almost a year after Double or Nothing last year. And, you know, the promo he had last week talking about his dad and making the sto- the, the story with Joe much more personal, mm-hmm. maybe that's going to help him get from, from a creative standpoint, from a character standpoint, back on track. But you think about a bunch of, a, a lot of talent on the roster now, that is there and it's ready to be elevated. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. Um, and I know both Swerve and Keith Lee were in WWE at, at one point. Keith Lee was double champion in NXT, but at least in terms of, of success on the main roster, mm-hmm. I mean, in Swerve's case, he was, wasn't even there long enough mm-hmm. um, yeah. to really get any sort of major success on, on main roster WWE. But those are two guys that they should be pushing now. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree with that. I think there is a number of people, and we're going to talk about this on a later entry, and it all has to do with follow-up, and mm-hmm. and uh, well, it has to do with follow-up. Wardlow's a great example, and I, I hope that this you know match with Samoa Joe really does a lot. You know, you, you can get a lot accomplished in one match. You really can. Yeah, you can. Uh, you can. You can establish a moment that is memorable and carries you to new momentum, and that's what Wardlow needs right now. Wardlow is a lot further behind than you're right than he should have been, given that it has been almost it's been nine months since Double or Nothing, over nine months now since Double or Nothing, mm-hmm. and uh, and yeah, he's challenging for the TNT title, but it clearly. You know, he he was a guy who everybody saw while he was with the pinnacle as a guy who could easily break free from the pinnacle and ascend immediately to the main event scene. And that didn't happen. It was because of drop ball creative. You look Mm -hmm. at a guy like Hobbs as well, and a guy like Hobbs has everything it takes. They build him up with these really great 
um, uh, vignettes, the Book of Hobbs stuff. And then he's he hasn't been uh, on cable TV, I believe, in a month. And it was mm-hmm. in a squash match back in January, about a month ago. Mm-hmm. He's been on Dark and Elevation since then. Um, I hope we see him maybe at uh, at Revolution. Maybe if Wardlow beats Samoa Joe, then you know uh, Hobbs can can come out and 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 wreck Wardlow, mm-hmm. and they can get into a protracted thing, which we'll see Wardlow get his first singles title. Um, but yeah, they they have a lot of talent. It's funny because the first couple of years they easily were able to skate by on you know former WWE plus guys who had already been established outside of WWE but were established coming in the elite mm-hmm. um, and and other bigger names you know that that were coming in. But they also had a really terrific crop of younger talent, some of which have been able to elevate, but kind of not enough. Like the acclaimed Jade and MJF. Um, and MJF really did sort of hit the ground running. Like he oh, definitely, definitely, even he, in terms of like the in, in his indie status, like he was ready to break through. Oh yeah, and he is. He's an absolutely terrific talent. Um, but uh, but yeah, they they need to really focus on a guy like Starks, for example, mm-hmm. and make sure that he's not put in a position where he has to break through bad creative. Use good creative, yeah. to propel him to that next level definitely. Um, so that you have a steady stream because right now we kind of expect, you know, after MJF, it's probably going to be another established name and then maybe we can get another, you know, fresh name maybe. for the world title you, scene. You look at, you know, the the, the names that are in, uh, you know, contending for the AEW title and you got Danielson. Mm-hmm. A, a year ago, he was feuding with Hangman mm-hmm. yeah. for the title. You got Mox. You got to toss Jericho's name in there, mm-hmm. uh, uh, Page, mm-hmm. and then Adam Cole. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I know Adam Cole hasn't wrestled in several months, but still, like, and a year ago, you probably would have named the same exact five people. Yeah, no, absolutely. That's why I'm saying the next guy I think is going to yes. be an established guy. Yeah, but you need to start doing that work now in terms of establishing. Right. New yeah. Yeah. The world title. Yeah. 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 No, absolutely. So that once MJF drops it, if there is somebody established to pick it up, then that person has somebody ready, either mm-hmm. a, a bad guy or a good guy or whatever the sequence is going to be, depending on how they handle that. But yeah, you need you need fresh talent. You need to build them up, not build them up so they go to WWE yeah. and become even bigger stars. You need to build them up, and make them stars in AEW. Yep. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. I absolutely love this because, you know, if you own a home, it can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is answer that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish. Or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps, because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Number nine. Nine. 
figure out your vision for Rampage. So this past week's Rampage ratings uh, reached a new low, 297,000 total viewership. 287,000. 287,000 total viewership. <clears throat> and yes, there is a caveat there. It was on at arguably a better time slot, but <laughs> yeah. it was at a different time slot than usual. Yeah. Uh, and uh, there was it was the lead into the All-Star stuff, which arguably should have helped as well, but yeah. it didn't. Yeah. Uh, Rampage tip-off ended up doing the worst numbers for Rampage. And Rampage has very quickly gotten the reputation for being you know a late era wcw thunder mm. where just nothing happens and yep. uh and and nothing of importance you know it's you don't have to tune in to see it when rampage first started it very much felt like it was supposed to be and it was positioning itself to be essentially a third hour of essential aew yeah. programming a third yeah. hour of dynamite um where stories will be told uh, the problem is when there aren't a lot of stories already being told of of consequence on Rampage, on Dynamite, then uh, an hour of Rampage ain't going to accomplish that either. Um, so you need to figure out, you know, what Rampage is going to be. Is it going to be a Dynamite overrun? Is it going to be its own universe? In which case, those characters need to sort of stay on Rampage. I mean, there's a number of issues. Number one, the time slot obviously is terrible. 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 You have a whole network of uh, of channels that you could probably choose from. I don't think it needs to be on TNT if that's going to be an issue, if there's no other place for it on TNT because of how heavily invested they are with things like basketball, then you just got to find another network for it in a better time on Thursday. Yeah, I know. I know. Or they can't bump one hour of Big Bang Theory. Those probably do very well. I know. Well, there's no. <laughs> yeah, I know. They probably do very well. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, as for the vision of Rampage, as you mentioned, is it going to be story focused, third hour dynamite? Is it just going to be, okay, well, we're not going to invest the time in telling stories here. So let's put on good matches. Is it going to be the talent, the show for like up and coming talent? Like, what is it going to be? Decide mm -hmm. what it is. And then once yeah. you make that decision, follow through on it and invest the resources necessary to, to see that vision through for whatever the show is going to be. Um, you know, like for all the faults that AEW has, generally the one thing you can't quibble with is the quality of the wrestling on the show. It's sure. usually fantastic. Problem sure. is you can't rely solely on really good wrestling yeah. to draw viewers in because they won't be invested in the outcome of the matches. That's why you mm -hmm. need the stories uh, leaning into and involved in the matches um mm. and there's been so many times where they'll announce the card for rampage especially because probably it's an hour and it's like wow that sounds like it'd be a really good match and you're sitting there watching the match and you wonder why don't i really care mm -hmm, yeah. it's really good yeah like i can't quibble on anything from a technical standpoint yeah but i'm not invested like i should be because a lot of times historically speaking there wasn't a story behind it you know, one thing that I appreciated about Thunder and and SmackDown uh, back when it was basically one when when WWE is one brand, yeah, and when Thunder was actually like you know you wanted to see Thunder because stuff happened on Thunder, mm -hmm. it was Nitro would end on a cliffhanger, yeah, and it's like, dude, I want to know what is going to happen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nitro was always good, usually good with the cliffhangers. It's yeah, yeah. like, oh man. Sting just showed up. Robin Hood's next, and then yeah. what the hell happened? And then and on Patrick Thunder, Bergen shows up on your screen. You're like, no, I want to see Sting. I want to see Sting again, please. Maybe against Patrick Bergen, but uh, <clears throat> but no, Thunder was it was good at okay. This big thing happened. Now let's see what the fallout is. And I feel like you know there were a couple times like 
I think WWE did like a cliffhanger episode not that long ago. It was like during PC or something like that. I forget when it was, but they did like a cliffhanger episode. I was like, holy crap, that was kind of cool. And they like never did it again. Yeah. And I feel like for all the homage uh, to WCW and Thunder that we get, Tony Khan admittedly has said he is a fan of, of Nitro and, and WCW back in the day. One thing that they did that AEW could totally do is the cliffhanger mm-hmm. because you have two nights later, you got Rampage. And it's like, yeah. oh, what's going to happen here? Yeah, especially <clears> because it's you're shot right after. You can literally pick up. You could actually pick up where it left off. Yeah. Um, or, I mean, if you're on Thursdays, if you could. I know, look, one thing that AEW should probably try to negotiate in their contract is, you know, priority and maybe live rampages yeah, weekly because that will make people tune in if you don't know what's going to happen too often spoilers are out there if you want them and because it's not live you kind of automatically get the feeling ah, nothing really big is going to happen like yeah. when's the last time you're like oh my god did you see the rampage spoilers doesn't yeah. really happen that often it's like oh okay let's see uh josh woods lost a match and you know it's like okay yeah yeah whatever so yeah uh figure out what rampage is going to do ideally Give uh, uh, what you call it, dynamite, some cliffhanger endings. That's what there I'm there. You say. go. That lead Hell, naturally into rampage, dude. I, I on my Twitch stream and I was watching some NWA and uh, they oh. just cut. They they rolled credits during a match. It was a Ric Flair match. match. Yeah, it was Flair and it was the main event. Garvin? Uh, no, it was Flair and uh, uh, one of the Midnight Express guys. I think. Oh, was it Ricky no, Morton? It, no, yeah, because Garvin was going to be in the paper, the pay per view. It was oh, like gotcha. Ricky Morton, I think. Yeah, yeah, I think it was Ricky Morton. Gotcha. Anyways, let's move on. Number eight. Eight. Up the intensity and give every story and every match stakes. Now, the reason why we point this one out is because uh, on Tuesday, looking at the Wednesday Dynamite card from this past week, we noticed that hmm, this seems like a two-hour-long rampage mm-hmm. with matches that really didn't bring much intensity in terms of just on paper. Yeah. However, when we watched the actual Dynamite, it was like, wow. A bunch of Rampage matches can kind of kick ass because they brought the intensity to the episode. It was paced with the sense of urgency. Every match did seem to matter in some way, shape, or form, uh, and it made for an enjoyable dynamite. And on top of that, the proof is in the pudding. Ratings were pretty good on the mm-hmm. episode. Mm-hmm. Totally, totally. You know, and, and, and it's easy to say, okay, this match is for a title, therefore it has stakes. But then you get to the story of, well, I'm better. No, I'm better. I'm going to prove to you I can be champion. No, you can't. It needs to be more. It needs to be more. It needs to be personal. You need to be invested in who wins and who loses. And sometimes the 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 personal can coalesce with the title pursuits or I'm better or no, you're not. And that all can work. But just, I mean, we're looking at the, the Jericho-Starks feud. That's pretty much, you're not at my level. Yes, I am. Mm-hmm. And you, you got Jericho, who is a wildly creative individual. Yeah, right. Showed it several times throughout his career. He's a great talker. I wouldn't be surprised if he's the type that'll go home and write TV. Mm-hmm, yeah, right. You know, right. he just seems like he's got a wealth of ideas. I feel like that dude just shows up <laughs> and, and yeah. is like, what if we do this? Like, he's a very yeah. creative guy. Yeah. yeah, and you got Starks. You look at the short films he does, I'm guessing he's pretty darn creative too. Yeah, He's right. a great talker. He's got tons of charisma. And yet, whatever, what was decided on, you're not my level. Yes, I am. There should be so much more here, mm-hmm. um, yeah. and and especially now that Starks already beat Jericho in the first match, it doesn't really feel like there's stakes here. 
Yeah, right. Starks yeah. has got his win. What left? Is, what more does he have to prove? He, he accomplished what he needed to yeah. accomplish. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, it's interesting you talk about that. Um, going back to your earlier point about stakes and titles and the personal, I thought a great example of that was Wheeler Utah versus Orange Cassidy, mm-hmm. which typically feels like should be a rampage match because Orange Cassidy has held down rampage in the main event for so long yeah. with the All Atlantic title. However, because of their history and because of the way they told the story in that match. It felt like so much more than an all-Atlantic title defense, yeah. which usually you just sort of go into it knowing, okay, well, Orange Cassidy is going to do his shtick, yeah. uh, and then they, you know, they do the finish, and then everybody's, you know, happy because they got to see the Orange Cassidy stuff. But this felt like so much more. It felt like it was about more than the title because mm-hmm. they made it that because of their history. Mm-hmm. Um, they referenced it multiple times during the match. Commentary referenced it. They brought it up, you know, in picture in picture. It just felt like it was more. And every title defense across all divisions should have that amount of intrigue and interest in it than the people will buy in. And that's honestly how you build yeah. stars. That that match, I I felt, added a lot to what Wheeler yeah. Yuta is doing, who's kind of, has kind of been like whiny dude lately. But I like that there was this sort of you know, inner turmoil between his time in the best friends and now his time in Blackpool combat club that's spilling to the external. Yeah. Um, yeah. I thought it was really good. And if you could bring that to everything you do, then you're, you, you've got a winner yeah. on your hands. I mean, you look at what historically AEW has done. Well, you, you look at the punk MJF feud, you look mm-hmm. at the, the elite hangman story leading to Kenny and hangman for the title. Mm-hmm. Every segment, whether it was a match, whether it was a backstage bit, every segment had a purpose and it mattered to the story being told. There was yeah. no filler. Yeah. There was no match for the sake of having a match. Mm-hmm. Every segment was there for a reason, for a story beat that led to the conclusion of the story. You look at any wrestling story that works well. Hell, look at the Bloodline story now. Mm-hmm. Every segment matters. Right. And you're yeah. on the edge of your seat because of that. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't have to be, you know, a huge ensemble thing like we see with the Bloodline. You just take two people. You take the personalities, you find uh, uh, something there that clashes, mm-hmm. and you work with that. Yeah, 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 uh, no, absolutely. Uh, let's move on to number seven. Seven. Some people out there might not like this one, but stop using being the elite for telling TV stories. So apparently Hangman's mm-hmm. try, been trying to break up with the Dark Order, do a friend breakup for weeks now. I had no idea. I had no idea either. I, I heard the same thing. I think it was somebody in our chat. Yeah, that, I mentioned that. that. So, that. If, But if... We had gotten a hint of that on TV. The stuff over the last couple of weeks with Hangman and the Dark Order yeah. might have felt like it had more stakes. Yeah. But yeah. because it's, it's, it kind of came out of nowhere, we're like, what? Why is Dark Order hasn't been on TV in months? Why are they helping Paige now? They haven't interacted at all yeah. in several weeks. Yeah. But since those story beats were happening on the YouTube show, which unless you know I hear something really funny happens, I just don't have the time to watch it usually. Yeah, BT has not been the most compelling. Like there was a span of time. Like I watched obviously during as much of the Brody Lee era yeah. as I could. Yeah, because that was the attraction. But even back then, other stuff just was like awkward and weird and 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 not funny or not charming or anything. I watched when the Jacksons came back from their suspension because that was like, oh, okay, this is the first thing they're gonna say. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then beyond that, it but it still had the same like awkward stuff that I just. It's not compelling. It's like, okay, mm-hmm. this is really cool for a vlog that people are really interested in this stuff and it's silliness. But you, I, I understand the concept of 
hey, you know, let's plant some Easter eggs in being the elite. Yeah. And then you see some of the jokes play out on TV. Yeah. But that's entirely different from being confused while you're watching TV because yeah. you're not paying attention to the silly vlog stuff. If I remember correctly, there was times in kind of the early days of AEW where they were really relying on BTE to tell stories without mm, recapping yeah. it on the show or anything like that. And I remember yeah. kind of having this conversation back then and then they kind of didn't do it so much but it was just really glaring with the dark order stuff especially mm. where you know that's kind of a major thing to 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 exclude from the television broadcast if it's going to lead to a fairly significant story beat mm-hmm. with page and mox and the dark mm-hmm. order you kind of need yeah. to clue people in on that because not everybody's yeah. watching bte I always thought, you know, and I I know they're not going to do this because BTE is not exactly TV safe, uh, and it's not produced to be that. It's supposed to be a YouTube show. Mm-hmm. That's part of the charm. But like, you know, clue us in if you're if you're going to do something that has been explored on BTE on TV, then at least give us some clips from BTE, something, something, or at least mirror it on TV. Recreate when you those do that scenes uh, in, in high broadcast definition quality. broadcast quality. Yeah, exactly. On not television. Not the iPhone 4 that they use. Anyways, moving on. Uh, Number six. Six. Go back to that open world feel. One of the uh, most appealing things of AEW, especially when it started, compared to WWE at the time, was everything felt like an organic single like world, like characters would go all over the place and interact. And that was sort of where we got the joke about Cody Island because that was the one outlier. It was... Okay, everybody else seems to be interacting. Cody's on his own island, and he's only taken on these certain people that we know he associates with anyways. But the rest of the show felt very open world. I thought things like, for example, Britt Baker's talk show, Mm -hmm. when they'd rope in other people, and then she would get involved in the action, and that's where a couple different things had started and stopped. And, And so much of it felt like a big open world where everybody was interacting, and that's sort of calmed down over the past year. I'll say this. Uh, during the, the, the Daily's Place era, yeah, when they didn't have crowds, they had the locker room sitting yeah. ringside, yeah. and you got to... like It wasn't like they were just sitting there, yay, cheering, like we saw at the, uh, on NXT in the PC era. Mm. Like you'd have MJF and Sean Spears gambling on matches. It was an opportunity yeah. for characters to show who mm. and who they were. Yeah, right. By interacting with each other, by interacting with what was going on in in the ring or along Mm. the ringside area during the matches. And that that really did lead to that kind of open world feel and that kind of permeated through the entire show where things would happen backstage, things would cross over, feuds would intersect and then go their Mm. separate ways. And it just doesn't really seem to happen much anymore. Yeah, I dude, it's funny because the daily I thought that AEW absolutely killed it during pandemic. Like they did such a great job. And some of that, you know, you'd see like various roster members, either they were ringside or sometimes they'd be sitting, you know, in in the actual seats there. And and you just it's like, oh man, everybody has a target on them. You know, everybody is being viewed and seen, and so many different things can happen because you're throwing everybody in the same pot and who knows what's gonna happen. And at this point, it is very much like everybody sort of segmented in their mm-hmm. own feuds with each other. Um, and it just it feels so much more alive and interesting and urgent when any when you get the feeling anything can happen, anybody can intersect with anybody. Mm-hmm. It makes it much more interesting. That's one thing that Triple H has really obviously endeavored to do 
uh, since he's taken over, even if it's like the backstage sequences, which go from interview to segment to interview all in the same shot. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that's one thing that AEW used to do really, really well. And they yeah. actually kind of perfected, like you said, during the Daily's Place era. And, and they've really gone away from that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's move on to number five. Five. Elevate Jade Cargill to the main title scene. Um, she's out of challengers at this point. Yeah, I mean, she's what, 52 <laughs> wins into her win yeah. streak? There's really no reason why she should be wrestling squash matches at this juncture still. And this no. kind of leads to, I mean, I don't know why they don't have stories for Jade Cargill. I don't get it. I mean, I understand, we'll get to it more later, that historically, AEW has not put the time and energy and resources into developing the women's division, dedicating time for matches, for developing stories, and for telling maybe more than one story um, at a time. But she's a champion. She's a huge star. She's got Mm -hmm. the potential to be a massive crossover star. Mm Mm-hmm. Booking her and story should be a priority. Yeah, and yeah, it should be. And those stories should just naturally lead to her contending for the AEW Women's World Championship. Mm, and yeah. it probably should have happened already. You know, the smartest thing they could do, because like, yeah, I don't think she has anything going into Revolution right no, now, nope. unless they book something on the kickoff, like, you know, last minute, which is probably what they're going to do. Yeah. Given that she's got nothing... <laughs> I wonder if it's possible that, and I know this is probably wishful thinking, but what if Hater comes out of this at the end and Jade comes out to confront her and holds up her title and they get like a title for title program? And here's the thing. You don't even have to like pull the trigger on that immediately. Mm-hmm. If she confronts Jamie Hater, you've got Soraya there. You've got Ruby Soho there who's already got some history with Jade. Um, you've got any number of other people who can sort of like, you know, attack Jade out of some resentment for her thinking that she could be next. Mm-hmm. And then you sort of suck Jade up into yeah. the primary dynamite women's division scene. Yeah. Um, because otherwise, where do you go? Like, like literally she has no opponents and there are so many women featured in that main story in the women's division that I don't know. Like, I don't know how they wouldn't do something like that Yeah, I know because like otherwise like, okay. And this is probably more likely that she's just going to languish and they're going to bring in other people to fight her. But it's like every, every name that could potentially be a challenger for her is on dynamite in that outsider storyline right now. Yeah. I mean, they could do the situation where, where say, Ruby eventually aligns with Tony and Soraya mm-hmm, for yeah. whatever reason. Yeah. And so Jamie and Britt are looking for somebody else. Mm-hmm. Let's get Jade. Yeah. And so, then you do like a blood and guts or something. Something like that. You know, you like do that. like a big match. Yeah. Jade leads them to, to, to victory. Mm-hmm. And then she says, all right, I help you. Time for you to help me. I want a title yeah. shot. Yeah. Yeah. I would think that, that that now would be the perfect time to rope her up into that. I mean, dude, the story is right there. She is the biggest homegrown talent that AEW has outside of like the acclaimed um, when even that's like a debate to have. But uh, but yeah, like it, it seems like it makes too much sense. Hopefully, hopefully they pull the trigger on that I because so. it makes all the sense it in the really world. Does. It really Anyways, does. Let's move on. Number four. Four. Stick to your plans. If you set something up. Follow through with it until 
it has a conclusion. And then if you want to sit somebody, you sit them. But like doing some stuff with Eddie Kingston, <clears throat> uh, where he has a weird feud with Ortiz because Ortiz is jealous or something that the House of Black is attacking Eddie and not him. And then they make some reference to Eddie and then they have like kind of a match and then they do nothing else yeah. with Eddie Kingston yeah. is bizarre. And this is not the first time this has happened. There has been multiple instances, including House of Black, where they'll set stuff up. And I understand injuries happen and, and things, you know, just visa issues happen. But like, man, you got to stop giving us a tease and then going half ass with it and then completely dropping it without a mm -hmm. proper resolution. This mm -hmm. happens too much in AEW. It really does. It really does. Or even instances where, you know, for example, Miro seemed to be on a collision course with House of Black. There was even that six man tag match. Yeah. At, was it all in last year? Mm -hmm. um, where, you know, Malachi was going to step away for a little bit and mm -hmm. with them, the House of Black. Um, and yes, I know Miro's uh, 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 aim was to battle the pagans, as he put it. But once Malachi took his 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 break, you could have pivoted to Miro feuding with Darby because Darby was the one who pinned Malachi in that match. And Miro could have been like, I was going after him. Yeah. You took that opportunity from me. Mm -hmm. Now I'm going after you. Mm -hmm. And instead, we haven't seen Miro on TV since then. Mm, yeah, and 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 yeah. you know, if it's a situation where they're pitching him creative, which had been reported on, and he's not into it, um, that's one thing. But I mean, you have talent, exceptional talent, that you have on TV, feature for a bit, and then either circumstances change plans, or there are no plans after a certain point, and then they're just gone. Yeah, yeah, and. It, it doesn't make sense because you have such great talent. Find a way to rotate people through yeah. efficiently. Yeah. So talent is being utilized rather than sitting at home. Yeah. And it, the thing is, if they're going to, if they're going to sit at home, there needs to be some communication because then you get people like Miro, you have Lance Archer for a while was Brian cage and they sort of bitch about that stuff. And that's why you, you have to, you have to communicate. You got to be better at that stuff. Mm -hmm. And and yeah, in the in the case of Miro, when you made such a big deal about him, you I mean AEW make such a big deal about him, it's just weird when he's gone. And it's it's I'm sorry, it's your job as a promoter to arrange for whatever like you can come to. Nobody should be sitting at home because they don't want to do a job. Yeah. And if they don't want to do a job or they want to protect themselves, fine. That happens in wrestling all the time. Yeah. You find a workaround. Yep. You do, just like you did with MJF. He yep. didn't like his contract. You figured it out. Now he's a world champion. Yeah. <clears throat> but, um, but yeah, too often there have been times when AEW, they'll set something up and then, and then they'll just drop it. Or, you know, it'll be a thing. Oh, hey, we formed this new faction. And then, like, they're just, it just, it just sort of dissolves. And at this point, like, for example, when the firm formed, it was like, okay, we'll believe it when we see it. Well, like, you, you could see how it was going to dissolve as soon as they announced, like, MJF said, yes, this is the, uh, a faction on retainer. Right. I was like, okay, so this is very nebulous. Yeah, this <laughs> you know? is not, that's not this really is a faction, the, a faction then, in know. theory only, essentially, is how you're putting this. <laughs> right. Or you have, you have point? like, Pinnacle where there was, they were a huge thing. Yeah. There's yeah. stories to be told with, with with that faction falling apart, mm -hmm. <sighs> like an air being let out of a balloon, just mm -hmm. fizzled. Yeah, yeah. So I'm hoping 
for example, something like the outsider storyline and with the women's division, hopefully that builds and builds and builds like we're talking about. Mm-hmm. Hey, I think that idea with Jade is great. Mm-hmm. Builds to a big money match. Yeah. And then you can have, uh, you know, the consequences and repercussions after that. But it's got to build to that big thing. Yeah. Yeah. It's got a crescendo. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, speaking of which, number three. Three. Feature the elite. Their name is part of the company's name. It's all elite wrestling. You're right. Elite. That is correct. Mm, it's, that the is second, correct. it's the second word in the name. Second word, um, word, yeah. So, yeah, you know, obviously they were a big, big part of the company during one of my favorite times, and that was simply when Kenny Omega was champion, when he had all the titles. Uh, and, you know, there was a time when he, there was, like, the super elite as well. And, and now, you know, yeah, they, they have a match on – like ramp, like I think on Rampage this coming Friday we've got the Young Bucks versus Aussie Open, yeah, which is cool and it will be a really great match. But like it didn't really did that. Even, I mean, I know they announced it on Dynamite, but was there there wasn't anything on Dynamite that actually it motivated up, no. it, no. No. right? Like you should probably do that. And then like for the past previous two weeks, we got a Rampage match, which was a rematch, and we had like two basketball segments to sort of set it up. Like Kenny Omega is like one of your most dominant champions ever. Mm-hmm. And yeah, they're the trios champions, but like there's not really like a proper trios division really. So like, what are they doing with those guys? I yeah. still think, I still think my conspiracy theory is spot on, but we're not going to get into that right now. Well, we'll see. We'll see. Um, yeah. I mean, there's plenty of trios out there, you know? Yeah. I'll, remember like it was weird that they didn't have trios titles. I know. Cause it was like, man, they have so many trios. I know. I know. Um, and maybe now that, that, that the elite are feuding with the house of black, even though it's like a, one, like a one week build going into revolution. There's something there that you could tell a really interesting story. If you build and took the time to do it, they just haven't really done it. They, just, they know everybody wants to see this match. Super yeah, excited. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So this can give us the match with the bare minimum uh, necessary to, to 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 motivate the match. And that's kind of like right now, AEW's primary creative flaw is we'll conjure up enough story enough story to motivate the match. Mm-hmm, yeah. And if we get more from there, seemingly cool. But let's mm-hmm. just get the competitors in the ring and wrestling, and then that's enough. But yeah, it's weird they're not, fe- especially ever since they came back from their suspension. It's just been yeah, we're here. The best of seven matches were great, um, and uh, it, it offered them an opportunity to, to 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 show various facets of 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 who they are as performers. There's elements of comedy in some of those matches, and you know mm-hmm. some of them were pretty violent. And yeah. you know, the three of them and the Lucha Brothers are all wildly creative in terms of how they put matches together. I'm sorry, Jeff. It was Dragon. clear. It was clear everybody in the in that feud liked each other and liked yeah, working yeah. with each other. Yeah. Like it just seemed like, and that's what I, I'm sort of concerned that the elite are just on the elite island at this point. Yeah. I mean, dude, think about this. Like, like you said, this it's been. There's been one segment and then like uh, three frames because that's what there was during like one of yeah. their yeah. Uh, things. And it's like, are we gonna get like a Kenny versus Malachi match out of this? I know. A Kenny because that sounds like it'd be kind of awesome. Match. Right, because that sounds like it'd be kind of awesome. You have these singles uh, matches to build in the trios title right. match. Like I feel I like know. there should be single set. Like if if they're gonna make the trios titles the thing, then you do the singles matches or like tag variations. Yeah. Um. In advance of that, uh, unless the idea is let's do the trios match 
and then we do a series of singles matches because Kenny versus Malachi should be a big deal. Mm-hmm. But if this is for the trio's titles, the trio's title should be the big blow-off match. Yeah, you'd think so. You'd think so. Yeah, yeah the singles but, matches to build to the, the championship match, yeah. Yeah, but seemingly we're, we're not getting that. No. It, you know, but the bottom line is, like, there was a time when the Elite were everything. It's funny because when it started out, the Elite were, like, just sort of letting the others take the spotlight and not themselves. Then they realized, hey – People really like the elite. Mm-hmm. It's called all elite wrestling. We should probably feature ourselves. And guess what? It was actually really good. Mm-hmm. And then we're back to them just not even seemingly featuring other people. They're just sort of taking a back seat in general, yeah. which is just it's strange. It is strange. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, let's move on to number two. Two. More time and stories for the women's division. So this latest story uh with the outsider stuff i thought i think is a really good you know story idea with some so-so execution but Mm -hmm. regardless you are seeing more women featured and they're giving a bit more given a bit more time this past dynamite we had more of an enhancement match with sky blue and and soraya Mm -hmm. but you know there was still a lot going on and that's appreciated but you know i go back and how many times do we get a match like jamie Hayter and ikaru shida you know on the card which is just a killer barn burner match We need more of that in the main event. We need more of that kind of stuff Absolutely. where we get featured big time matches on a regular basis on Dynamite. Yeah. yeah. And then not just have the one featured match on the card. You can tell it, yeah. um, more than one story at a time. You know, it is weird. It is absolutely strange to me that I don't know if it's in, in reference and or response to the criticism of having only one match a week on dynamite one match a week on rampage Mm -hmm. that he doubles down on that and just is insistent on featuring one match but like it is weird that there's there have been no like outlier episodes of dynamite where there's been like two women's matches oh there's been episodes with two matches before yeah when was the last time we had one (sighs) it's been a while because i remember talking about it on the show i was like wow it'd be really cool if this was the norm. Yeah, I use the word outlier incorrectly. There was an outlier, but that just means like a, a single or very, very, very rare instance yeah, yeah, yeah. where it happens. It's surprising me that we don't get it at least once a month is what is my point, yeah. you know? I mean, two matches minimum should be the norm. Yeah, yeah. You look at yeah. it, you look at Impact, you look at NXT, mm-hmm. how much focus they put on the Dude, sometimes division. NXT has like, I think there was an episode that had nothing but women's matches. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like you got to mix this stuff up. Um, And that's one thing that's not really on here, but it could actually be a larger, a a more broad issue. You need to sort of space out the divisions better. You mentioned impact impact spends the exact correct amount of time on each division to make each division feel like a deal. feel like it's getting enough time. And so if that means one week just giving us a small recap package on your world title scene in anticipation of something big happening next week, then you can devote that time to more trios, more women's, uh, uh, more tag, Mm -hmm. the TNT title. Mm -hmm. Um, Instead, it seems to be like the same kind of formula every week, and it just doesn't really work. You're going to have your 10-minute MJF talking bit. Mm-hmm. And yeah, MJF is a great talker, but if what his if he's not advancing the story in his segment, then while yeah, technically he's a good talker, mm-hmm. yeah, you're not achieving much from a storytelling perspective. 
Yeah. Right. Have him go out there and insult the audience, insult his competitor. Mm-hmm. You know, if that's all there is to it, well, you're not advancing the story. I mean, it took us Christopher Daniels and his promo two weeks ago or a mm-hmm. week ago mm-hmm. did more to advance the story between MJF and Danielson. Than I think to that point, any MJF promo had. Yeah. yeah. MJF's promo this week on Dynamite, I thought did a much better job of making the feud way more personal mm-hmm. about more yeah. than just a title or who's better. Yeah. Um, but prior to that, it was Daniel's promo, you know? Mm-hmm. And, and so you're like, okay, MJF had some promos before that. It didn't really advance a whole lot. Yeah. Yeah. And um, I mean, you have enough different things on your show that can draw ratings. Like mm-hmm. I, I, I was looking at the, the breakdown of the quarter hours and, you know, a combination of, I think it was like the acclaimed, um, like around the acclaimed segment, the acclaimed match is when the the uh, the the draw the the rating peaked, mm-hmm. um, and so you have different things on your show that you can use. You don't need, and if you really want the live crowd who paid their money to go there to see MJF, you can do that in a dark segment. Yeah, that's what WWE WWE they'll do their show and then they'll give you like a killer dark match afterwards mm-hmm. for the crowd for the crowd to go home happy. Yep, um, and AEW could easily do the same thing. I know they got Rampage afterwards. You could sh- fit that in between. But um, but yeah, they, I, I think a better job needs to be done allotting time in general. Yeah. Pull some time away from other stuff and give some time to some other stuff. Exactly. Um, I mean, I don't know if you'd want to get rid of an acclaimed match, but given that the acclaimed were going to be facing off with one of the teams that wins the battle Royal, you could have done something with the acclaimed during the battle Royal, maybe put them on commentary, mm-hmm. have them get into a brawl with, with the guns or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, they could still do their shtick in a promo. You don't need them for a full match. You could devote that match to something else as opposed to them fighting a foregone conclusion match against the firm guys. Yeah. Um, but, uh, but no allotment of time uh, needs to be fixed, but Basically, but, but to include more, you know, the, the women's programming, mm-hmm. I think that whenever they're on TV, it's, you know, people, people like that stuff. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Anyways, let's move on to number one. One. Hire a showrunner for both AEW and Ring of Honor separately, by the way. Yeah. Two showrunners. Two showrunners. One Call Freddie each. Prince Jr. That's good. Yeah. Jimmy Jacobs. And maybe. Jimmy Jacobs. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. Jimmy Jacobs. Yeah. There you go. That's a good Ring of Honor name. Yeah. Um, so it, dude, look, to his credit. Tony Khan does a lot of things. Yes. Like he runs analytics for a national football league team. Mm-hmm. Uh, he runs probably that does the same job for Fulham or he manages Fulham mm-hmm. FC. Um, and on top of that, he runs AEW and does weekly creative for all their shows. And he runs ring of honor is going to soon mm. be doing creative for all their shows. Right. Um, that's too much. That's four full-time jobs. That is way too much. And I I honestly think that AEW you, you got to you got to release some of that. Mm-hmm. And I know he probably has a blast doing it. He probably enjoys the shit out of all those jobs, which is a great problem to have. Yeah, it is. But it's kind of a problem because AEW's creative is suffering because of it. Yeah. And there's a number of people out there that I feel could totally do it. And if he gives Scott Demore, I don't know, four hundred million dollars to say, come on in, <laughs> to come on in, yeah. and uh, that's a bit excessive, probably. But uh, you know, pay him, pay him a pretty penny, penny to pry him away from Impact, yeah, uh, to to run AEW. My God, 
I would love to see what that would look like. I think it'd be pretty cool. Yeah, I think so too. I mean, I, I you know, you got names like Scott Tabor, who's obviously with Impact. Imagine if 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 after this Bloodline story runs its course, if somehow Tony Khan could hire Paul Heyman. God, I thought you were gonna say Paul Levesque. Yeah, that'd be nuts. You that'd know, be I mean, it's, it's it's probably never gonna happen. Um, yeah, but you never know. Um, or I mean, do I hear Michael Hayes is heavily involved in the bloodline yeah. stuff too? But uh, but no, dude, I think you're right. I think there's any number of of names out there. You know, former WWE names uh, that uh, you know, writers, whatever that. You know they're young. They got a good mind for for the business. Mm-hmm. Bring them in, Tony Khan. Can paint the broad strokes, and then get these younger dudes to uh, to initiate it and to execute it, and to to book a show with you know that feels full and complete and and urgent and all and dr- dramatic and mm-hmm. all the stuff that we want in our wrestling. Yeah, 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 yeah. Motivate matches that uh, book stories that do more than just motivate matches. I mean, Vince Russo. No. Well, I just, no. just shivered down my mm-hmm. spine there. No. Conan. <laughs> eh. Probably not either. Eh. Huh? He can stick with AAA. He can stick with AAA. <laughs> oh, man. So anyways, yeah, hire a showrunner. That's number, our number one suggestion. Yeah, I anyways. Mean, if you hire a showrunner and that showrunner does their job well, a lot of these other issues would probably be taken care of. Right, exactly. Because, you know, hey, pff, Steven Larson. That's, you know, I don't know if I'd want to do that. I don't know how to do that. We have to, we have to bring Cody back and teach us how to. to, to I know. To hey, TV. Cody Rhodes. I hear his contract's yeah. coming up in about four years. Um, anyways, uh, yeah, so that's going to do it for the show today. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in. Uh, next week, we're finally going to bring you worst WrestleMania main event well, builds. Next, ah. week, next week is Revolution, so we'll have the recap of that upon Saturday, so it'll be the week after That's that. That's right. The week after that, because then we're on the here going in Raw, then we're on the road to WrestleMania. Right now, we're on the road to Revolution, yes. but then we'll be on the road to WrestleMania, then we'll give you the worst WrestleMania main event builds. Yes. Uh, we've already got a list. It's, I'm, I'm going to have some fun doing some research on this Same. one. Yeah, uh, but anyways, let us know in the comments below what you'd like to see fixed in AEW. How do you think you can improve the product? Uh, if you want to drop your resume in terms of being a showrunner for AEW, yeah. drop that in the comments, and then we'll forward it on to Tony Khan. Somehow, some way. We'll make it happen. Yeah, we'll figure it out. Anyways, thanks, everybody, for tuning in. Appreciate it. Until next time, we'll talk to you later. Goodbye. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. I absolutely love this because you know if you own a home, It can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is answer that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish. Or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. So I, I know you've got a lot going on, but remember, 
I'm here for you. So bother me when no one's listening, because I will. Bother me when it feels like it won't get better, because it can. Bother me because you're never a bother. Whether it's a low point or a crisis, get help for yourself or a friend. Learn more at neverabother.org or call or text 988, available 24-7.